home or on their way, want to welcome you this morning. Would you please stand together? Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Uh, we give God praise for this day that he has made. Psalmist David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's no better place to be than in God's house with God's people on the day we establish as the Lord's day. So we're going to look to him in prayer and invite him to do something special for each and every one of us this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this beautiful day. This is the day that you have made. We rejoice and be glad in it. We invite you, Lord, to be with us in a special way today. We ask you to change hearts and lives and to speak to us in ways that only you can, God. And we will not fail to give you the glory and the praise and the honor. For that one this morning that needs hope, may you supply the hope that is needed, the peace. For that one in a troubled situation that need peace. For that one that need healing today, may you supply healing, Jehovah Rapha. Great and awesome God. Whatever the needs are, you are the El Shaddai. The all-sufficient God. So this morning we come to worship you, to praise you, to adore you, to exalt you, to lift up your name, God, and to declare that you and you alone are God, and to worship you in the beauty of holiness in your sanctuary. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together here in this place and to worship you together. We bless your holy name. Breathe afresh upon each one, O oh God. May no one leave the way they came. May the Spirit of God do the work of God in every heart and in every life. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. All right, let's welcome our worship team as they come this morning to lead us in our time of worship. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. It's a blessing to be in the land of the living. Amen. Hallelujah. For those of you who are physically here, it is a blessing to be here. It's great to see you. For those in virtual land, God bless you as well. We serve an awesome God. Amen. We serve a mighty God and he is truly worthy to be praised. Hallelujah.
The scriptures declare in Psalm 33 in verse 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eyes, eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. As we join in prayer, whether you're in virtual land or in actual church this morning, we want to remember especially our nation among the other needs, but especially since we have just celebrated another anniversary of the independence of this nation. We want to remind ourselves, blessed is the nation whose trust is in the Lord, who makes Jehovah God their God. So as we pray this morning, wherever we have gone off course as a nation, we want to remind us, beginning with those who are listening, how we need to reorient our course, how we re need to reset our markers, that our eyes will be set on Jehovah God, the only one who can save, not the strength of an army, not the strength of an ox, 
only Jehovah God. So let us join together and want to pray for a nation, for God's help, that he would indeed send revival. And then we'll join together in praying for the needs of this congregation and those who are watching us by the World Wide Web. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father and our God, we thank you that you are so merciful and gracious. You're so faithful. You're full of love and kindness and tender mercies. You are slow to anger. You are swift to bless. You forgive sins and iniquities. Yet your word says in Exodus 34, you will not let the guilty go unpunished. Your word says, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Those who fear and put their trust in him. Today we give you thanks at this great nation. Many of us have sought refuge and we call it home. And it is home. And you have commanded us to pray for this city where you have placed us. For in its peace, we too will have peace. So Lord, we stand today and we pray for America. We ask, oh Lord, that you'd awaken the soul of this nation. We ask that you'd draw us back to the root of righteousness and holiness to the fear of Almighty God. For there is only one God. He reigns in the affairs of man. And as your word said, you look down from heaven. You look at man everywhere, in every nation, in every corner of the earth. Your seeing eyes behold all. Oh, Lord God, nothing is hid from you. No secret. The oppression, the injustices, the abominable things we have done, the idolatry, the self-love, the turning away from you, the punishing of those who dare to speak against abomination. You see and you hear. Today we pray mercy. Today we pray forgiveness for our nation. Today we pray forgiveness of those who deliberately obstruct truth and justice and righteousness. And, oh, Lord, we pray forgiveness for the shepherds that you have placed over your house who have not taught the full truth, who have not stood up for righteousness, who have not cried out against injustice, who have not spoken against oppression. Today I pray forgiveness of the church. We have done wrong and we are guilty. We have closed our eyes and looked the other way, and we will no longer be silent because you have called us to cry out aloud, to shout out because you're a God of righteousness, you're a God of holiness, and we want to obey your word because you call us to believe your entire word, not just convenient parts. So we repent today. We repent of our failures. We repent of our silence. We repent, oh God, that we have ignored what hurts your heart. Today we pray for the nation the blood of innocent people cry from the ground. They cry for vengeance. They cry for your action, O oh God. The poor cries out to you. The widow cries out to you. The oppressed stranger cries out to you. Lord, the one, the, the, the orphan cries out to you. Lord, we pray, have mercy and forgive our nation. Have mercy and forgive our nation. Forgive our nation, O oh God. We ask that you would bring us to repentance. No longer will we make excuses. No longer will we rationalize. 
but I pray that there will be contrition and brokenness. We would sob and wail over our sins as a nation because that's what's pleasing to you. And when we do, you promise to forgive. For your word says a broken and a contrite spirit you will not despise. You have promised, O oh God, in your word. So we pray forgive the sins as we stand in the gap, the sins of our leaders, the sins of our people, all of us, we are guilty. Cleanse us. As Daniel stood and Nehemiah stood on the behalf of their nation, we stand in the gap. How we pray, forgive, O oh Lord. We are not worthy. We don't come because we deserve mercy. We come because of your goodness and your mercy. Forgive and have mercy, O oh God. Forgive, O oh Lord, and hear our cry as we humble ourselves all over where your people are crying out to you on the behalf of this nation. We stand in the gap. We ask you to forgive our sins, to heal our land, restore grace and mercy, restore health and peace, restore unity and prosperity to our nation. Oh, Lord God, hear our cry today, for you are good and gracious and long-suffering. Touch the hearts of our leaders in all levels, local, regional, state, and national leaders. Raise up wise counselors. We pray for humility, that they would receive wisdom and understanding to make right decisions and make just laws. We bind up the forces of hell that would like to destroy this nation, a nation that has reached out to the poor of many other nations, has been home for so many God and have made a difference. We ask you to hear and to heal this land. Father God, restore righteousness. Restore justice. Restore, oh God, compassion. Restore kindness and respect in all walks of life. From in the Senate, God, all the way to the least. Restore righteousness and the holy fear of God. Father, we pray that you would heal our land of this horrible virus. We pray that you'd raise up wise researchers who will discover, Lord, the root. And not only the root, but the cure. We pray for your help. We're desperate, God. We're desperate, God. We ask for your help today. You said we have not because we do not ask. And when we ask, we ask wrongly. We ask, Lord, that you would send help and reveal the cure. We pray for containment until the cure is reached. We pray, oh God, that we, the citizens, would walk in obedience and would keep our social distances. Forgive the reckless and the careless. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy. We pray for those on the front line, God, exposed and their families exposed as a result. We pray your covering and protection. May you put your angels to encamp round about them, our medical teams, God, our retailers, our emergency personnel, our security personnel. We ask for your help for all, oh God. We pray you'd protect their families as well. Holy Father, we ask that you'd supply the needs of those who lack, those who have lost jobs. There's so much anxiety, so much worry, because the family has to be fed, and we pray you'd send help from the sanctuary. May you give wisdom to the business people that they would open back 
they would do well, they would rehire God. And you'd reduce, we'd reduce the unemployment. God, we pray for those who are sick. Some of them from this very body. Some are recovering from surgery. Some have COVID, God. We're praying for complete healing. And we're praying, Lord, you'd keep those around them safe, that they'd not be infected. We pray that we'd help one another. You'd give us bowels of compassion, that we'd help those in need, our neighbors, those with whom we come in contact who need. Give us compassion. Father, today we pray specially for families. Families are under attack. There is so much stress, God. Families are falling apart instead of getting closer. Holy Spirit of God, we declare and ask that you'd dispel, Lord, the, the strife and you'd release peace. Jehovah Shalom, Prince of Peace, mighty God, would you hover over homes today? You know the disruptions, the strife, through anxiety and all sorts of factors, God. We pray bring peace in every home, heal the marriages, touch the children, May the whole family be in harmony, God. We give you thanks. And, oh, Lord, we ask you to remember your servant today. We ask that you'd anoint, that you'd empower, that you'd send that Rima word for all who are watching, for all who are present, God. May the word be life-changing. May we heed the word, not just be hearers, but doers of the word. God saves souls today. We pray not only for him, but for all your shepherds who are ministering the word all over. May you give your anointing that many will come into the kingdom of God today. Father, hear our cry today. As we ask them in faith, believing according to your word. We thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, God, even for the AC that you touched this morning that it is now working. We give you praise. And we commit this service to you and everyone that is connecting, whether directly or indirectly. We commit each one to you. We ask a blessing in Jesus' name. Agree with me and we say, amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And I want to... Welcome those that are joining us from different uh, countries and different states and locally. We thank God for each of you. Good to see some of the children coming back and the young people. All right. We are happy to have you. Praise God. And if you're one of those, you need to be back. And so we're looking forward to seeing you as each one keeps coming back, uh, coming out. As long as you don't have underlying conditions, we welcome you. We want to encourage you to come out. I want to shout out some birthdays this week. Uh, Jessica Watson is having a birthday this week. She was in the early service. Uh, Brother Alfred Sutherland is going to have a birthday this week. Sister Michelle Hamilton is going to have a birthday this week right here. Praise God. Well, and Simone Lewis is having a birthday. She was in the morning service, 8 o'clock. Jamir Ware, Mr. Jamir Ware is having a birthday this week. We Let's give them all a big hand. All those who are celebrating birthday this week, we, God bless you and believe God that uh, you will have a blessed time and a great birthday celebration in the Lord. All right. I want to remind those of you who have your grade report 
uh, your fourth quarter grade, remember, it needs to be in by July 10th. So you got five days to get it in. Supposed to be in by July 10th. And you email it to L-W-O-R-D-O-B-P-P at AOL.com. If you didn't get that, you can call the church office and they'll tell you what email address to email it to. But you need to email it this week, uh, your fourth quarter grade, so you can be part of the Academic Club for Excellence. We are going to be recognizing those who have excelled. We're going to have the awards ceremony and uh, celebration in a Sunday morning service. So it's an opportunity for you to get those. So I want to encourage you to do that. Continue to encourage those, to thank those of you who continue to give your offering on, t on, on the website. You go on, online or you text it in. Some have driven to drop it off and others have mailed it. However you send yours in, we appreciate that and we give God praise for you and ask God's blessing on you. I want to say again thanks to the ladies' ministry, the men's ministry, and the church board uh, for their uh, kind generosity, their sincere generosity, with their kindness and expression on Father's Day. We appreciate that so much and uh, thank God for all your gifts and we ask God's blessing on you. All right, we're going to turn into the, the scriptures at this time. And uh, we're going to read uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to read, and you can follow, just before we sit around the Lord's table. Uh, I want to read what the Apostle Paul says concerning the communion. And hopefully you picked up yours as you were coming in. And if you don't have one, raise your hand and uh, we'll make sure you get one somehow. Because you need to have yours. So 1 Corinthians 11 Verse 23, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, you also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This to us often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So the Apostle Paul asks us that each of us would examine ourselves. And then he, asks, he says, if we judge ourselves, then we won't be judged by the Lord. So I'm going to ask us to take a moment right now those of you at home also, you could do that, to bow your heads and your hearts, and let's just ask the Lord to examine us. Let's ask the Holy Spirit as we examine ourselves. Hallelujah.
Father God, we've examined ourselves and found ourselves guilty. We have sinned against you in thought. Words that we have spoken. Attitude and actions we have taken. We confess our sins this morning. And we are reminded that you said if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. O oh Lord, sanctify us today. Forgive our sins, O oh God. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Purify us this morning, we pray. Apply the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from every sin. We judge ourselves so that we would not be judged by you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we ask your blessing on the emblems. The bread that symbolizes your body that was broken. The juice that symbolizes the blood that was shed. We ask you to bless all the emblems, O oh God. And as we partake, may we receive the full blessings that come with the communion. All the blessings that come. May we receive them for your glory, for your praise, and for your honor. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As you hold in your hand that which symbolizes the bread. It says. On the same night in which he was betrayed he took bread. And when he had given thanks. He broke it and said take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this. In remembrance of me. We're reminded that his body was broken on the cross of Calvary. That he declared it is finished, but a finished transaction. There was nothing left to be done. There's nothing more to be accomplished. He did it all on the cross. He didn't have to go back and die again. One sacrifice, once for all eternity, he secured our eternal salvation. Praise God, not like the priest who would have to go in once a year, every year with blood and continually would have to go in year after year. But because of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, once and for all. For the sins of the past, the sins of the present, and the sins of the future, he took care of it all. Praise God. So this morning... We who have been set free can have that freedom, that liberty, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Let's partake of the, of the body that was broken for us together.
Word of God says in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new agreement, hallelujah, or the new covenant in his, that was established by his blood. He says, as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. The old covenant of law demanded. But because it demanded, we could not keep up with the demands. And the blood of bulls and calves could not remove sin. So God sent the ultimate sacrifice. And the blood of Jesus, the sinless blood, paid the price for our sins and redeemed us, bought us back into the family of God. We give God thanks for that wonderful understanding this morning and the wonderful position where we stand because of what Christ did on the cross. Let's drink it and receive the benefits and blessing that comes with the communion. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that shall never lose its power. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. All the blood that gives me strength. Gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose. One more time. It will never lose. It will Give the Lord a hand for the power of the blood this morning. Praise God. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank God for each and every one of you. I want to let you know we continue to have our online services. That uh, We continue to have those uh, Tuesday morning prayer time. We do have that at 10 a.m. You can join prayer every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. You can also be on Tuesday evening for the Bible study. Uh, this evening, this, this Tuesday, we, we're going to be starting, as we continue the book of Ruth, we're going to be talking about the love story that begins right there, and it's an opportunity for us to talk a little bit about some premarital issues for those who need to know, get that information, and 
So if you know somebody who's doing that, that's a great time to connect. Uh, we'll ex we're going to expand somewhat on that as uh, Ruth receives some of that as well and to expand on what she has received. So we'll have a great study with Ruth this Tuesday at 7.15. And then on Friday at 8 o'clock is our time of prayer. Again, you can call on the prayer line on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. All right. If you at any time need uh, know how to connect to any of those and you've lost connection, you just call the church office and we'll get you connected, tell you how to connect to any of those things. All right, you get your Bibles out with you and you want to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. I want to read from verse 1 to verse 13. 2 Samuel chapter 9, reading from verse 1 through to verse 13. It says, Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So they called, they had him called to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he's in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodebar. Then the king sent and brought him out of the house of Machir the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake. And will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. And you shall eat at, any ta at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as it? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. He ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. 
Let's look to the Lord in prayer so that he will speak to us from this passage this morning. Our Father and our God, we thank you that your words are life unto those that find them. And literal medicine unto all flesh. I ask that your Holy Spirit will be my teacher and my guide and would speak through me. Would take control of my mind and my faculty and be able to communicate the word of God today. Holy Spirit, I'm relying on you. I'm depending on you. I'm asking you to do the work that only you can do. That the name of Jesus will be exalted. That his name will be lifted high. That what he's done will be understood. And we'll be able to apply to our lives what is needed from this word this morning. The word of God will come alive in our hearts and in our lives. And it will truly bring glory to God. And it will truly edify us. And truly terrify the devil. We thank you for hearing and answering. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. I am sure that you know of individuals who have benefited because of whose child they are or what family they belong to. You have known, as I have known myself, of circumstances and situation where someone has applied for a job and in the process of the interview there is a discussion and during the discussion it is found out that the person knew a relative of yours or a relative of that person and because of the character of that person because of this the, the person's goodness you that person received favor and so there are many people today, thousands of young men and women who daily are receiving kindness for their fathers or their mother's sake or their grandparents' sake. And so today, children inherit the advantages which the love of others for the memory of those who may be gone or may be still alive. But what we have is something similar this morning in this passage. Someone made the quote that said, The fruit of well-doing lives longer than himself who is the doer. And thereby he leaves a blessing and good treasure behind him to his posterity. Let me say that again. The fruit of well-doing lives longer than himself who is the doer, and thereby he leaves a blessing and good treasure behind him to his posterity. In this particular passage, the fruit of well-doing was left by a prince in Israel by the name of Jonathan. And the recipient of the fruit of his well-doing was his son, Mephibosheth. And the benefactor, the one who made that gave the goods and gave the favor was a king by the name of David. You know, David continue, continues to amaze us with his actions. Time and time again, as we look at David, we begin to see why he is called a man after God's own heart. 
And today will be no less as we look at David's reaction, as we look at what David has done in this, in this passage that we read this morning, we'll begin to see again that truly David is a man after God's own heart. I want you to stop for a moment and to think and to remember that David is asking this question. Is there any one of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? Now here is David in his palace. He's comfortable. He's now secure. He's secure the kingdom. He has won battles. God has given him peace. And yet he is thinking. Remember who he's thinking about. He's asking about the house of Saul. And he's thinking this was the man who harassed him, who tried to kill him, who wanted him dead so that Jonathan instead would be king. You know, when someone comes to the throne, generally kings in those days, when they came to the throne, one of the first things they did was to try to wipe out, eliminate any here of the previous king in hope that they do not try to come and take the kingdom from them. But not David. David is thinking of blessing them. And so we see that this man was a man of, of compassion because he begins to ask, is there anyone that I can show the kindness of God to? And I want you to understand that David did not just say, can I show kindness to this person? Don't overlook the fact that he said to show them the kindness of God. Because my friend, as kind as you and I may be sometimes, we are never as kind as God. And when David says that he wants to show the kindness of God, he's demonstrating the level of kindness that he wants to show to this person. And yet, it was someone from a family that had hunted him to kill him. One who had persistently pursued him with 3,000 elite soldiers time and time again. But David's heart was not a revengeful heart. He didn't, he didn't want to get even. He didn't want to take revenge. He didn't want to retaliate. What kind of a heart that this man has. And so when David expressed that, that he wanted to show that kind of a kindness, he inquired if there's anyone still alive from the house of Saul to whom he could show that kindness for Jonathan, his friend's sake. And someone says, there's a man by the name of Ziba who watches over the estate of Saul. He would have an answer. So they send for Ziba. Ziba arrives and David verified that Ziba is, that this man is actually Ziba. And he asks him, is there someone from the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness still. And Ziba says, yes, there is one. There is a young man who was crippled from, he was five years old. His name is Mephibosheth. And he lives in a place called Lodabar. And so David says, I want you to go to Lodabar and to bring him to me. So, they, so, this, man, so this man went back to Lodabar and Ziba brought Mephibosheth to David. I want you to know that David is a man of his word. He's not only a man of compassion, 
but he's also a man of his word. Because here's the thing, David remembers that he had established a covenant with Jonathan when Jonathan was alive, there was a time when Jonathan and David swore to each other that they would take care of each other and that they would never be against each other, neither their descendants. And here was David. Jonathan had died. He had died in battle with his father, Saul. It's been some years now. It's been several years now. And David is king, and he's in his comfort, and he's, he could be just enjoying his role as king and as ruler, but instead he's thinking of helping somebody. He's thinking of not just himself, but looking beyond himself. And he remembers the covenant he has with Jonathan, and he wants to keep his word. So I'm not sure if Mephibosheth is aware of the covenant that David had with his father. And so Mephibosheth comes before Jonathan, before David, and David says, I want to show him the kindness of God. And I want to tell you that David was really genuine. And we know that he was really genuine because of what he said to Mephibosheth. When Mephibosheth comes to him, he says, fear not. The first thing he tells Mephibosheth is, fear not. Why? Because I'm sure Mephibosheth would be afraid. Because Mephibosheth is clearly aware of what his grandfather's role was. With, with David. He was well aware of what had happened because in one of those times why Mephibosheth got crippled, they were, they, his nurse had picked him up and they were running with him. And because they were running with him, he fell and his both feet were crippled. So Mephibosheth had known the story. He knew the history of his grandfather persecuting and chasing David to kill him. And so in his mind, he's wondering, why is David inviting him? And he comes to David, and David immediately sets him at ease by saying, fear not. Don't be afraid. And then David goes on to indicate to us that he's not only a man of compassion, he's not only a man of his word, but he's a man of generosity. Because David, you know, here's what David said to Ziba. He says, all of Saul's estate, I want you, I'm turning it over to Mephibosheth. Everything that Saul owned now belongs to Mephibosheth. And by the way, Ziba, I want you and your family, your 15 sons and your 20 servants to take care of Mephibosheth. I tell you, that was very generous. That was very generous. Because everything that Saul owned was not a small amount. This was the former king. He owned a lot. And it really belonged to David now. But David was willing to give it up. And to give it to Mephibosheth. And so we see the generosity of David. And not only was David that generous in that regard, but we see even more generosity when we see, when David said these things to Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, I'm not only going to give you all that belonged to your grandfather, but I'm also going to let you see, eat at my table continually, and you are going to eat at my table just like one of the king's sons. Wow. What a favor. Can you imagine have such favor 
That's the generosity of David. David had turned things. What a marvelous change in the condition of this poor, feeble outcast. What a marvelous change. What an indication and an apt illustration of the exceeding grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, David was extending grace to Mephibosheth because Mephibosheth didn't do anything to deserve it. Mephibosheth didn't do anything to earn it. He was just simply receiving all this benefit, all this favor. In fact, Mephibosheth was so blown away, he says, My Lord, why are you showing this kindness to a dead dog such as me? Do you understand what Mephibosheth saw himself? And yet David was blessing him that way. It is the same way we see the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ illustrated to us. You see, David was a type of Christ. And we begin to see that over and over again. Wasn't it Jesus Christ who extends his grace to us? Wasn't it Christ who condescend to come down to us? Wasn't it Christ who made himself of no reputation so that he went to the cross for us? Wasn't it Christ who opened the door so that we can have access into the King of Kings? Wasn't it Christ who made us friends instead of enemies? Did you see, this what Christ did for us is very similar to what David did for Mephibosheth. My friend, this morning, we got to give God thanks for what he has done for us. Hallelujah. We have close fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We see the grace of God all the time. We see Jesus' grace. Remember, do you remember the story with the woman caught in the very act of adultery? When they brought her to Jesus, and I'm sure that those who brought her were certain that she would be killed. She would be stoned to death because that's what the law says. But Jesus, as he stooped on the ground and wrote, and we know not what he wrote, and he looked up at those around him and he says, You who are without sin, cast the first stone. And what? One by one, the Bible says they began to leave. One by one, they began to leave. From the greatest until the least have left. And until what was left, what was when Jesus finally looked up, the only person that was standing there with him was the accused woman. And he said to her, has no one accused you, my dear? She says, no one, my Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you. What a grace of God. Isn't God gracious? Aren't you thankful that God is gracious? I am thankful that he's a gracious God, that he's a God of a second chance, that he gives us a second chance. You see, we that were, the Bible says, were far off, have been drawn, made nigh. We've been drawn near to God. And we are now called the friends of God. That song that says, I am a friend of God. We have been called friends now. We're no longer enemies of God. We were without hope and without God at one time. But now we are the friends of God. But what is fascinating to me is this. In one moment, in one day, Mephibosheth was in Lodabar, crippled, forgotten, thinking of himself. Look at what he thinks of himself. A dead dog, low esteem, 
Then suddenly, suddenly the next day, he's in the presence of the king. Mephibosheth's position was transformed immediately, suddenly from a helpless, poor cripple to a wealthy, powerful man because now he had inherited all the estate of his grandfather and he now he's going to enjoy and have access to, to the king and he's going to eat at the table of the king. What a picture of your state and my state. You see, David went looking for Mephibosheth in the same way that Christ came looking for us. Because the Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ came looking for us, my friend. The Bible said it's not that we first loved him, but that he first loved us. And suddenly, we that were without hope and without God, we that were dead in our trespasses and sin, have been drawn nigh and made right because we have received Christ as Savior. And now we have been brought into the family of God. Can you give him praise this morning for that? Suddenly taken from a helpless estate and brought into the very household of God. You see, Mephibosheth, my friend, you need to remember, understand this. The Bible said he was in Lodebar. Now you must understand what Lodebar is. The word Debar actually in the Greek, in the Hebrew, actually means nothing. And when you put the prefix low before it, it means no nothing. In other words, Lodabar was a place of not worth. No worth. There was no worth. Not worth Mephibosheth. And you can see from how Mephibosheth think of, thought of himself. He said to David, why are you showing favor to a dead dog like me? You see, Mephibosheth was in a place that he was not proud of. Mephibosheth came from a place that he would not want to remember. Mephibosheth came from a place where he was a place of shame he wouldn't want to talk about. Maybe your past is like that of Mephibosheth this morning, but God has lifted you up. Maybe those around you would not want to know what you have endured in your past, but God has lifted you up. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Maybe in your past you were abused and suffered abuse, but today God has lifted you up. Maybe you didn't think you would be where you are right now because you're never sure that you would have made it, but God has lifted you up. Maybe they called you names that you can't even repeat and don't want to remember, but today God has lifted you up. Maybe you endured shame and degradation in the past, but now today God has lifted you up. And suddenly, my friend, you're no more bankrupt. You're no more that person. But Lodebar is in the past. And Lodebar is behind you in the same way for Mephibosheth. Suddenly things change. You see, suddenly you are adopted into the family of God. Suddenly, you're made a joint here with Jesus Christ. Suddenly, you who once were afar off have been made near. 
Suddenly, you who were strangers to the promises of God now have all the promises in him, yea, and in him, amen. Suddenly, you who had no access to God can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Suddenly, it is said of you, I have not seen, neither ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for you. You. Suddenly, he, has, he who spared his, not his own son, will he not much more give you all things? My friend, suddenly, things have changed for you. Hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah. Suddenly, there's been a change. A great change has come. You've been taken from Lodabar. Lodabar is in your past. And your past does not define you today. Your past does not define your future. He has brought you out of Lodabar and brought you into Jerusalem. He's brought you into the city of the king. He's brought you into the presence of the king. And oh my friend, you have come to sit at the table of the king of kings. And you are now feasting at his table. Glory to God. From Lodabar, where you had nothing, where you thought yourself of nothing where you didn't know if you're gonna make it where people said all kinds of things about you but today hallelujah you are in the presence of the king sitting at the table of the king feasting at his table enjoying his promises praise God hallelujah because he's lifted you up he's lifted you up he's brought you out He's brought you out from where you were. And he's brought you into the light. He's taken you out of doubt of suffering. He's taken you out of degradation. He's taken you out of pain. He's taken you out of a life of shame. And he's brought you into victory. What a God. What a God. Suddenly, things have changed. Somebody looking at you now wondering, is that you? Is that really you? Is that really you? I knew you sometime back when this was happening. But today, look at you now. Look at what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. Hallelujah. He turned things around. Praise God this morning for what the Lord has done. Taking you, my friend, from Lord of our and brought you to the holy city, into the light, in the presence of the king. Hallelujah. And then it gets better. Because Mephibosheth not only is in the presence of the king, but he receives the personal guarantee of the king. The king says to Ziba, anything that Mephibosheth needs, I want you to give it to him. Hallelujah. Can I tell you this morning, all the promises of God are for us. All the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen. My 
God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus that belongs to me. And Jesus Christ himself guaranteed it by his blood. He says, ask what you will. Ask the Father anything and I will give it to you. My friend, this morning we have his personal guarantee. Can I tell you, I like what there's a little phrase in Jamaica, you've got backative this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, you can speak up because you've got backative. You can declare because you've got backative. When somebody wonder why you're speaking so boldly, why you're speaking so boldly and unashamedly, you said, when well, I've got backative, Jesus is behind me. He's supporting me. He's guaranteeing what I say. Oh, my goodness, this morning. All the interests of Mephibosheth, present and future, personal and relative, social and material, were provided for. The king guaranteed it all. Oh, hallelujah. The king guaranteed it all. And the king of kings has guaranteed it all for you this morning. And that's why you don't need to hold your head down and walk in the shoulder down and limp and look as if you're a poor thing. You are not a poor thing. You are a kid's king. You are the king's kid. And you need to know that you are seated at the table. In fact, the Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Oh, glory to God, somebody. You need to remind the devil when he comes that you remember who we are. And you remind him of his future. Because his future is not good. Praise God this morning. God has elevated us. He has taken us. And he has provided for us. So this story this morning. This story this morning is a picture of the salvation of God's grace in Christ. It's a picture that grace comes to the helpless. Grace comes to those that are sold under sin. And it invites us to the place of peace and satisfaction. Maybe this morning you are an unbeliever. And you are living in Lodabar. And God is inviting you. He's sent, he's come searching for you. And he's come, they sent the Holy Spirit to bring you to him. He sent the Holy Spirit to take you from Lodabar. And to bring you out of that past. Out of that dungeon. Out of that degradation. Out of that picture of shame. Out of that situation that you wouldn't want anyone to know about. And he wants to bring you out of that because of sin. And bring you into the palace. But you have to receive that. You have to be willing to say yes. And you have to be willing to receive the gift. Because he's given you a gift as, he gave, as David gave Mephibosheth. He gave him a tremendous gift. He's given him favor. And God's grace undeserved favor. You will receive favor this morning. Not because you can earn it or deserve it. But it doesn't matter where you are or how you've been. Or what your state is. Or what your condition is. Can I tell you? You can be out of that situation and into something 
nothing better because the king of kings is searching for you. He's actually sent for you and he sent the Holy Spirit to bring you to him. And this morning the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now. And if you will say yes to the Holy Spirit and follow the Spirit of God that will lead you back to the Father. My friend, this morning God wants you to feast at his table. He wants to give you satisfaction. You've tried so many things. You've done this and you've done that. You try this and you try that. Maybe you're a backslider who've been running away from God. But today you realize you can't run anymore. You realize nothing is working. Nothing seems to be working out the way you thought it would. You're living in Lodabar. And God wants to take you out of Lodabar and bring you into the city. The celestial city. The city of God. My friend, I want to encourage you to say yes this morning. To respond to the spirit of God that is speaking to you right now. And to be willing to say, I'm coming. I'm going to follow your Holy Spirit. Lead me to the Father. Lead me to the King. I want to sit at the King's table. And you want to be considered. David said to Mephibosheth, you'll not only eat at my table. But you will be no different from my son's. You will eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Woo! No division. No inequality. No injustice. Fear. A man who was fair. That's why we see David. A man after God's own heart. So something we can learn this morning. It becomes us to follow the example of David and of Christ. To seek out those who may be in need of a blessing. See, there is someone that you could say, ask the question. Is there someone to whom I can show the kindness of God? You see, I believe this morning that everybody needs a Mephibosheth in their lives. We need a Mephibosheth. We need to look around us because there are Mephibosheths in Lodabars that we need to take out of Lodabar and help to lift them up and bring them out. And I'm going to give you a story that you understand that you may not realize how simple an act that could remove somebody from Lodabar and bring them into the presence of the king. See, there was a young man who was transferred from one high school to another. This was his first day at school. And we're not sure what was wrong with him, but he was walking across the campus with a lot of books in his hand. And when he got to a certain spot, many of the books fell out of his hand. And another young man was standing right there, there and he began to help him to gather the books. And as he gathered the books with him, they struck up a conversation. Out of the conversation... It led to one thing to the next, and they became friends. 
They found out that they had classes together. They, they developed a strong friendship. And over time, they came to the point where it was graduation. And on the day of graduation, the young man whose books had fallen to the ground had done very well, and he was the valedictorian. And so at the graduation, he, came, he went up to give his speech. And he looked out and he saw his friend, Tom, that was sitting there. And he said, I know Tom is not aware of this. But I want Tom to know, want you all to know, that I'm standing here today all because of Tom. And Tom is not really aware of what I'm about to say. But I think it's, a, it's appropriate for me to say that right now. He says, you see, one day when I was walking toward campus and my books fell and Tom was there to help me pick them up and we struck up a friendship. You see, what Tom did not know at the time was I was walking across campus to go find a place to commit suicide. But because of Tom and the friendship that he struck up with me at that time, here I am today. My friend, can you pick up some books? It may be a very simple act to save a Mephibosheth. It may be a very simple act to rescue a Mephibosheth. Sometimes we think it has to be something dramatic or something great. But you never know the Mephibosheths that are around you that need to be rescued. But the Holy Spirit is able to guide you and to help you because we all need a Mephibosheth. So this morning, this afternoon, I want to say to you, ask the Holy Spirit to identify the Mephibosheths that may be around you. It may not be more than a simple act. But you never know. It may go a longer way than you think. You see, somebody around you may just need an encouraging word. All they needed at that time was just someone to say something encouraging to them. And you probably would never know how much that word meant will mean to that person. Because at that time they were going through is such a situation the way they felt. Because think of how Mephibosheth saw himself. He referred to himself, to David, as a dead dog. But can you imagine to be elevated from you thinking you're a dead dog to become like one of the king's sons? Just like that. That's how God works. And God can use you 
that you can be a David who helps a Mephibosheth. And what better time than now? What better time than now when there are those who are truly, that I truly believe that there are many Mephibosheths out there going through a dark period, living in Lodabar, but they need someone. Maybe just a phone call. Maybe just an encouraging word. Maybe just a prayer. Maybe just a, a touch of the, we can't touch people today, but maybe some way to connect with them. Maybe an act of kindness. And you would have saved someone. Will you stand together with me? I want us to sing the chorus. Yes, I thank you, Lord. Looking back in my life, the many things I see, I thank you. As you look back in your life, of where you're coming from, to where you are today, I hope you are, like me, very grateful. And you can thank God that he's brought you this far. Yes, I thank you, oh Lord. Yes, yes I, I thank you, you oh Lord. Looking, Looking back in my life, I see the many things you have done for me. I thank you. Oh Lord, oh yes I thank you, oh Lord, yes I thank you, oh Lord. Looking back in my life I see the many things you have done for me, I thank you, oh Lord. Oh yes. Oh, oh yes, I thank you. Oh Lord, yes, I thank you. Oh Lord, looking back in my life, I see the many things you have done for me. I thank you. Oh As you look back this morning, I want you to know that your future is not defined by your past. Because he's brought you out of Lodabar. And he's brought you around the king's table. And you can feast like a son of the king. So we give God praise. And for that one this morning who doesn't know him, all you've got to do is to say yes to Jesus. Yes to the Holy Spirit that has come to find you where you are this morning. And he's bringing you to the Father. And as you say yes, Lord, maybe you're a backslider and you realize it's time to come back home. And you realize I need to do so today. The Spirit has found you. And he wants to take you out of Lodabar. 
and bring you into the city. And let you sit around the table of the king. There's a feast waiting. There's favor waiting. There's so much waiting. If you just say yes. And come. Into the presence. Of the king. Praise God. We encourage you. To continue to reach out to someone. Touch pieces with different ones. Family captains and assistants. We appreciate what you've been doing. Touching bases with your family members. That's a blessing. We appreciate that. Continue to do that work. Continue to remember those in prayer who needs healing. Those recovering from surgery. Let's continue to remember them in prayer. I remind you that this Thursday, we'll have the funeral service. Our sister Olive Lawrence at 11 a.m. We'll have the funeral service here. And for those of you who may not be able to come because you can only have so many, uh, you will be able to see it on Facebook. You'll be able to view it on Facebook from wherever you are. You can be a part of the service. It'll be streamed at 11 a.m. this coming Thursday. Continue to remember the family in prayer and ask God to comfort and to strengthen them at this time. When you raise your hand as I pronounce the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Wave to somebody that you haven't seen. Good to see some of you. Good to have you for the first time. Wave to somebody. Look around. Give them a wave. Uh, praise God. God bless you. Good to have you with us. If this is your first time, welcome back. Glad to have you with us. Praise God. Look forward to seeing you next time. We're believing that there will be a gradual re return coming. Others will keep coming back.